Hey, everybody. This is Trevor Chambers from Old Raleigh Financial Group. Once again, I am happy to have my friend Andy Heyer from NASDAQ Dorsey Rice, uh, um, a, uh, a guy that looks at the markets through uh, a momentum or technical look. And we love Dorsey Wright and we follow their, uh, their, um, their research. Andy, how are you doing today? Is this sunny in Pasadena, brother? You know, it has been so cold. <laughs> you know, really? We, we've been down, we actually dipped below 40, which is pretty cold for Southern California. Uh, so it's feeling like oh. Christmas out here. But, okay, well, there you go. It is, in fact, Christmas. You know what I mean? So that's what <laughs> happened there. But uh, now it's great well, to be with you again. Good. I'm so happy. Um, so this is the soundtrack to the financial advisor's life. Or we call it the soundtrack. And um, it's a podcast we put out here at Old Raleigh and sunny old Raleigh. And um, I ask, I've been asked, this is the second time we've done this. So thank you for doing this. And it's a little bit of a series. And I'm really excited about it. But basically, we're just kind of like doing a, a roundup um, through more of like an, an allocation van, uh, uh, lens, if you will, of the market. And, and we're bringing in one of the best guys out there, especially to look at the market from a tactical point of view with Andy and um, and basically, right, Andy, we're just going to kind of look every month or so, maybe twice a month, but at least once a month, we're going to look at the markets and we're going to, and we're just kind of going to see what it looks like through your eyes. And this is research that we use to make some decisions about here about investments. And so I, we just thought we'd kind of share some perspectives. So, um, so Andy, I, you have control of the zoom call. Okay. You control the uh, thing. So, sir, is there some things that you would like to show us? And if you would, Please start with it. what before you show, as you show it, could you just give us a brief sort of overview of what people are looking at? Sure. No, happy to. Thank go. you. So um, I will start with uh, with Dolly stands for dynamic yes. asset level investing. Uh, this is our main asset allocation tool at, at Dorsey, right? What this is and what you're looking at is a ranking. So we take six different asset classes. U.S. stocks, commodities, international stocks, fixed income, cash, and currencies. And we rank them top to bottom. So we can see at any one point or currently, you know, where, where's the strength, where's the weakness? And if you look at, you know, number one, domestic equities, that's been number one for most of the last decade. And that's true today. They're strong. Uh, they're stronger than the other asset classes. Uh, and so that that continues to be the case. And you know, what is this momentum uh, ranking all about? It's really about measuring the performance of these different asset classes over an intermediate time frame. So think of it approximately the last six to twelve months, how these different asset classes have performed. And this is just telling you where the strength is, where the weakness is. You know, something that has changed a bit over the years. You know, there there have been times over the last decade where commodities were near the bottom. Um, so they've moved up, certainly. And I think that speaks to, you know, some of the inflation that, that is dominating the headlines. And it's certainly been, um, you know, a topic of conversation. But U.S. equities have just been a powerhouse. Uh, they continue to be very, very strong. There's been a ton of rotation underneath the hood. So, you know, different sectors have, have changed leadership, different style boxes have changed leadership. But U.S. equities uh, continue to be good, and I think that's a that's a great thing for for investors. Well, we touched on this pregame, but um, 
what's the is do you have any macro comment on why the US domestic equities are in the lead? Yeah, so um you know, one thing about this is you know, it's a purely technical reason. So it doesn't answer the question of why. Why, why is it this yeah. US, why is it that US stocks are stronger than international stocks? You know, we can certainly we can certainly guess at that, you know, and there's a, right. a million different opinions. There have been some massive problems and some, some, some different parts of, you know, China in particular, um, that has certainly, the, has certainly hurt uh, international uh, stocks as an asset class. Um, but I think for all the problems, and we tend to see all the problems, it's the problems that dominate the headlines. But for all the problems that there's so many great things about uh, the, the U.S. and there's so many great things about what companies are doing here, and 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 that you know the, the profits are strong, and um, you know people can criticize the Fed, uh, and they do, uh, but they they stepped in in a major way, and they've they've taken action that has uh, certainly buoyed the U.S. equity markets. What does that say about the future? What is that 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 it doesn't guarantee anything. It does not guarantee that you know any of this, but our view is that by simply measuring what is happening in the market, um, we can we can make decisions about portfolios and asset allocations that are going to be intelligent, you know, or that, that are going to be informed decisions about where we want to be overweight and where we want to be underweight. Yeah, so that's you know, so guys, this what's interesting about this is that. Um, you know, we, we run our equity portfolios that we run here, you know, we, we do two kinds of styles. One is, um, uh, a more, uh, uh, fundamentally researched, you know, portfolios combined with the research that we get out of you guys, which is more momentum based. And that's how we do this. And you know, you know, this, you know, I've talked about this, but guys, you know, it's a really different way to look at how to structure your your portfolios. What Andy's talking about is just much more, are just people buying more of something versus something else. And right now, people feel the market, Mrs. Market, I like to call her Mrs. Market, right? Feels that domestic equity should be in first place because that's what most people are buying. And so it's, a, it's just, that's all this is. That's all really, at the end of the day, right? That's kind of all what this is and what this is telling us. And so this is where the confidence is in this order. So this is a great chart. And we'll look at this every, uh, interestingly enough, talk about the bottom of that. So you got cash and then currencies. Yeah, fixed income could be a little bit problem moving forward with rising interest rates. Yeah, and you know, I think it, what this ranking does not say is it does not say you should not own anything at the bottom. I, you know, right. that, that, that's not what we're saying. Yeah. Uh, it, but, but it's just, it's suggesting maybe some tilts that you make in your asset allocation to take advantage of those asset classes that are in secular bull markets versus those that are in secular bear markets. Right. Um, and, you know, this also is just a looking at really passive from a passive uh, approach uh, for example, someone might look at fixed income and say, okay, from a broad asset class perspective, fixed income is not, not ranked. But what if you have more of an active strategy? Can you do better than a passive? Uh, yes. Could you do worse? Yes, you could as well. So, But, but uh, this is simply meant to be a starting point for the conversation. It's simply meant to be a way to, uh, to cut through all the noise, 
you know, if you listen to CNBC all day long, and look, I'm not saying that there's not great people yeah. that go on CNBC, and yeah. I'm not saying that there's great, not great information. There, there can yep. be great. But if you listen to CNBC 24-7 for, for a week, you're going to be so confused about what, what's actually going on. Yeah. Because everyone's got different opinions. And, you know, where, where we really uh, focus is what, what's actually happening in the market, not what, what we think should happen, not what we think might happen. Uh, you know, it's what is actually happening in the market. And it's, it's crazy how often what is actually happening in the market uh, is different than, you know, maybe your, what your favorite pundit is yeah. saying. So, yeah, yeah, we have to keep in mind. It's funny you uh, bring this up because we talk about this uh, all the time, the, the, the um, influence of the media on people. And um, we ha- yeah, you got to understand people that um, CNBC, they sell ads. That's right. That, that's what they do. They sell ads. Everything else is secondary to that. And if you think otherwise, um, so uh, and this is more just like an adult looking at the situation is what I like to think, you know, so. Andy, are there other nifty charts that you would like to show us? Uh, yeah, now let's go through some other things. So, okay, cool. You know, so something else <laughs> that we might uh, take a look at, and this is visually, and it's going to be a little bit hard to see it on this, but visually, this is something that I like to look at. And this is simply the mm-hmm. sector, we refer to it as the sector bell curve. And what we are looking at is on a bell curve, we're taking uh, 40 different sectors. So we're, we're basically saying we're going to categorize all U.S. stocks into 40 different sectors, uh, leisure, machinery and tools, media, oil, oil service, and so on. We're, we're going to categorize all, all U.S. stocks into these 40 different sectors. And then this looks at the bullish percent chart of each of those sectors. What is bullish percent? It's a short-term measure of trend. So if, for example, the bullish percent for the oil sector was 100%, that would mean that 100% of oil stocks ha- are trending uh, positively in, in, in the short run. Uh, if, if the measure was zero, it would mean that none of them are, they're all in a negative trend, in, in a short-term negative trend. Um, and what this does is looks at the percentage of stocks in a positive uh, trend or a short-term bullish configuration in each of these sectors. And so, and then it puts all these 40 on a, on a bell curve. What are you looking at? So on the right-hand side of the bell curve, you see like banking, uh, savings and loan. Um, the, the majority, you know, between 68 and 72% of, of the stocks in those sectors are on a, a point and figure buy signal, just meaning their short-term trend is positive. Um, but what I think is interesting, if you look up here, the BP average, 38%, this is to me just a gauge of, okay, how overbought or how oversold is the market? Um, sometimes you'll get this, you'll get this thing up to like 70% and you'll see these sectors really skewed to the far right-hand side of the bell curve. And that's an environment where, you know, everything is going up, all boats are rising, everything's doing great. Um, you might ask yourself and say, well, you know, the s and up, you know, over 20% year to date. Why is it that 
the average bullish percent for the sector is only 38%. And to me, that's just a reflection of the fact that the mega caps, Apple, Microsoft, you know, Facebook, uh, you know, you name it, the, the, the big mega cap names are, are generally and have generally been doing really, really well. But a lot of the smaller cap names, mid cap names have not been doing as well. The bullish percent of a lot of these sectors is, is pretty, pretty uh, washed out. Um, to me, I, I like looking at this visually. Uh, it gives me a sense of, again, how overbought or how oversold uh, the market is. How would you use this? You know, I don't know that I would use this as a market timing indicator or anything like that. But what I do think is, you know, the when the market gets overbought, it can stay that way for for longer periods of time. It's not as you know, if it gets over, if this thing gets 60, 70 percent, to me, that's not an indication. OK, I need to get, get bearish. Um, however, when this thing gets washed out, when you get this below 40 percent, if it gets below 30 percent, to me, that's usually when sentiment in the market tends to be pretty negative. There's a lot of talk about, hey, there's a lot of stocks that are not doing well. Um, you know, you, you tend to get a lot of bearish sentiment. That's also can be a great entry point for new money. Um, so to me, that is how I, I use this. I don't, it, this is not a short-term timing indicator. This is not, this is not a market timing indicator at all. But it does suggest when this gets washed out and it does every couple of years, it, it gets washed out. When it gets washed out, it gets skewed to the left-hand side. To me, that's uh, it's just an indication, hey, you might, if you got some cash on the sidelines, putting some into the market right now might not be such a bad idea. Yeah. Um, Macy's, I don't know if you heard, Macy's, I'm just picking that out, you know, but like Amazon doesn't matter. They sometimes put on sales, right? And then people just run over there and they just, hey, I'll, I'll take the sheets. I'll take the sheets, 25% off all day long. It's funny, and people, uh, they look at the market and they see that and they run in the other direction. Yeah. So they're like, oh my God, this guy's, but. Uh, yeah. yeah, no, this, you know, the market, uh, it really does. And we're all wired essentially the same way. Look, we all get more bullish when things get stronger in the markets. We all feel more confident about putting money to work. When things are selling off, we project that in the future. We're like, oh, the market's down 10% over the last two months. I think it's going to be down 10%, you know, every month from, from here forward, you know, and it's, yeah. you know, intuitively, that's just how we feel. That's how we're wired, you know? Yeah. Um, and that's part of the reason that I think having these objective technical tools can be pretty good and and you know the having and one 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 thing just to uh, you know one, one thing about our analyst team at dorsey right that I, I think is fantastic we've got some people on our team that do just some incredible research and they will look at these indicators backwards forward that they will do just some amazing research on okay yeah. what happens when these indicators do x y or z what what's the, what are the forward uh returns look like or what what have they look like historically and so you know, through that research, you end up getting a pretty good feel for, okay, uh, these tools, here's how I can use them. And, and here's how I can use them to counteract maybe our own worst instincts. You're wired a certain way. I'm wired a certain way. Left unchecked, I would, I would do things that are really foolish for my personal portfolio, you know? So it's, yeah. you know, you have to have that. 
Yeah, and, and especially today um, uh, in, in this hyper-financialized world, I had someone tell me, and th- very nice person, but just, this is just, this is the, what's going on out there. This person said, I have X number of a lot of money for this person, a lot of money, but a lot of money by any standards. Okay. Say I have this money saved up for college. The kids are nine and 12. I'm thinking about putting it in Bitcoin or something, or this is the world we're in right now. Right. And it's scary. (laughs) And I said, I said, I'm not going to say what I said, but it wasn't like, yes, I think you should do that. Let's put it that way. Okay. But it was more like something else. So anyway, yes, this is to your point. um, This is a really great kind of clean cut way to look at things, a cleaner cut way, I should say, of looking at things. That's for sure. Yeah, you know, it's um, you were talking before about some fundamental sources that you you go to for research, yep. and look, I think that's great. I mean, there, there are various fundamental sources that I read, and I do it because I'm interested in the markets. I do it because I want to. I, I genuinely want to understand things. I try to under gain a better understanding of the financial markets over time. I generally am interested in in the reasons why, but you know, the the technical side of it, you know, what is is and it's uh, it's just important to react to what the market's actually doing. I mean, there's so many things. I'm going to jump. You know, I'm I'm going to ju- I I almost want to jump the gun. To, to I know one of the questions you were going to ask is what's yeah, man. Uh, hey, Andy, this is your show too, bro. You do it every month. I don't care. I mean, guys, he's in I'm charge. Gonna, I'm honestly, I don't know what I'm talking about. So no, go ahead. So I, I'm going to I'm going to jump. I'm going to jump to a couple things that you know you were asking. What is it that surprises me? Yes. Um, no, no, hold on. Before we get into this, sure. I just this is a sure. new this is this is a new section that we're doing, Andy. This is called and I and I and I'm gonna I what's surprising Andy higher now. Now I'm what I want you to know is that hopefully when this gets edited out, there's gonna be some lovely your own theme music rolling right now. Okay. I just want you to know it's gonna happen. And uh, and so um anyway, for the first time ever, I'd like to <laughs> introduce What's surprising Andy higher? <laughs> yeah, no, this, this is great. And it's like when I roll into the office every day, what do I see in the market when I'm like, yeah, I did not expect that. Um, right. You know, there are um, there are a couple things that I think are just interesting. One, you know, we the, the last couple of CPI numbers have been, uh, you know, what, over 5%. I think the last one was yeah. over, over 6%. Um, inflation is here. We've got some serious inflation going on, mm-hmm. and um, and yet gold is doing very poorly, and so yeah. that is one thing that surprises me. Does that mean that gold can't do well over the next? Maybe it will over the next. I'm just saying we've had some some pretty serious inflation building. Gold is not doing well, and in yeah. theory, you know, um, in theory, gold should be somewhat of an inflation hedge, but it's not doing so well lately did what are your thoughts on that well can i just and i i could be way off base on this because a lot of people are noticing this because i listen to a not about you but i listen to a ton of podcasts um over the weekend on this stuff and i sometimes listen to the same one a couple times because it's uh but anyway i just don't know about this stuff but um is some of the money that would normally go in gold Mm -hmm. going into digital assets could very well be the case 
Yeah, that, that's a good point. That could very well be a case. The case, and you know, to, to be fair, I I don't have the data in front of me to look and say every time inflation has been <laughs> raging in the past hundred years, um, what did gold do? So so maybe this is not anomalous, but right. it's just it's just interesting to me that um, you know well, that that's not not doing as well. The the other thing that you know another thing that surprises me is. Again, this is back to the inflation thing, but you know, inflation is is here. It's it, it's higher than it's been in you know in the last forty years, and the ten-year uh, Treasury yield index um, this morning was one point four two percent. So yeah, inflation near you know we're we're coming up on forty approximately forty-year highs, and yet interest rates you know the ten-year Treasury yield index. Um, not at 40 year highs. And so um, what, what does that mean? Well, it, you know, to me, I, I just take it as, look, the market's going to do what it's going to do. You better follow this stuff from a technical perspective and react to what's actually happening in the market as opposed to say, oh, we've got high inflation, therefore interest rates are going to go through the roof. They may or they may not, but they're not right now. Um, and then, you know, the last thing I was going to mention is, um, you know, something that, you know, is just the strength of large cap growth. Um, it's been strong for years. It continues to be strong. Um, you know, small caps have underperformed large caps in four of the last five years. Uh, if you look at like the five-year annualized return between large cap and small cap, uh, there's about a 5% gap. And that is a, that's a very large gap and, you know, historically very wide gap which just tells you large caps have been doing incredibly well. So why does that surprise me? I don't know that that one, it, it, it's just interesting to me. It, it to me suggests uh, be, be ready for potential reversion to the mean. You know, what, what happens if some of the smaller cap names, uh, uh, you know, come roaring back? So those are, those are three things, Trevor, that, that surprised me. So I, I thought I'd throw those out. Yeah, the small cap thing is um, <clears throat> is is a theme that I'm I've heard now twice in the past week from smart smarty pants people like you. So um, I I I'm just putting it out there. I don't know, uh, but yes, um, that right there, Andy. We just concluded our first formal. What's surprising, Andy hire? <laughs> okay, <laughs> I mean I don't know what we're gonna call it. That's what I call it. You want to come up with something else? And that's that's what I'm gonna call it. Right? That's my. It's as hot as no, I, I think it's. I think it's. I think I, this will be fun because, you know, the, the, the. Why do people that work in the financial markets? Why are we? Why do we gravitate? What, you know, there are a million reasons, but at the end of the day, like one of the reasons for me, financial markets are interesting. <laughs> you know, I yeah. mean, they, they, they are just interesting, and there's, um, you know, everything factors in to the financial markets. Everything Im impacts the financial markets, and. Um, there's lots of things that are just surprising. I mean, you will hear, you have to be very careful about being too dogmatic in this industry because, mm -hmm. you know, you, you come up with uh, a set of the market behaves these 20 ways, and this is like written in stone, and this is how it's always going to be. Uh, maybe not, <laughs> you know, yep. and the, the markets yeah. are, the markets are pretty good at humiliating uh, people oh. who are, are, are extremely dogmatic in how they think. And, you know, the, the way that we approach things, the way that we look at the markets is, you know, yes, I have my views on, on what the market's going to do. Yes, I have my views on all kinds of things, but 
uh, I better invest based on what's actually happening. Yeah. And well said, brother. Um, and uh, the other thing is something bad is going to happen. To, to run through, I mean, do you think, do you think that the people that are running the companies that are in, for example, the S&P 500, do you think they, they plan for good days, but where they really make their money when they plan for bad days, which they know are going to come, fill in the blank. I don't know what's going to happen, but surely something will happen. Right. And um, what happens is markets often, oftentimes over, right? Just like they go bananas, great time to buy um, yep. if you can. So uh, back to your point about cash. Uh, let me just go back to one thing and then I'll let you go. The bullish percent. Yep. Can you back to that chart? Um, when, yeah, so here's the bullish percent, guys. So when the bullish percent, you used the word washed out You when you were looking at the, so would you look at this bullish percent? That's washed out. Is there risk? Is there more risk actually in the market at this point or less risk? So let, let me explain what this is first. Uh, yeah, please. Thank I'll, you. And then I'll answer that. So yep. this chart, what you're looking at, it's the uh, percentage of stocks that trade on the NYSE that are, that are on a point and figure buy signal. What is a point and figure buy signal? It's a short-term measure of trend. So right mm -hmm. now, this is saying, uh, you know, about 48% of stocks are on, on a short-term buy signal. So about half are, half aren't. Um, mm -hmm. So right now, this is not extremely, this particular chart is, it, you know, in particular indicator is not uh, washed out. Um, but what it is, it, you know, it's right kind of in the middle, middle of the field. Of oh, the field. It's, in the, it's kind of in the middle of the field. Yeah. If you go back exactly. to like March, um, March 2020, so this is right when COVID was breaking loose right. in the world, uh, we got down to 6%, uh, meaning only 6% of stocks that trade on the NYSC are in the short-term positive trend, meaning, you know, 94% are not. Uh, they're in a negative, right. short-term negative trend. Um, if you think about what the market did following this period of time, it did extremely well. I, I would I would suggest that this indicator also is not something that anyone should use as a market time indicator. Um, the way not, that yeah. I the way that I look at this is when this gets oversold, um, you know, below down down in this range, thirty you know below thirty percent, it suggests to me based on the data that I've looked at, you probably should start thinking about being bullish. You know, you, you feel yep. terrible. You feel terrible down here. This is where yeah. you know you're wondering if if the virus is going to just destroy the economy forever. You know, I mean, the, 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 and um, we're not there right now. Um, yeah, but it is. Um, and again, someone might ask, well, don't you just have a bullish bias? Like, why why not get bearish when it's up here? <laughs> you know, up in the eighties. Yeah. And, and again, the, the reason to not get bearish up there is the market 
this is a much better oversold indicator than it is an overbought indicator. The market can get overbought and stay that way for an extended period of time. Um, so if you get up here and get bearish or get bearish when this gets up above 70%, you might miss out on a three-year run, <laughs> you know? And so right. um, that's just something to be aware of. Um, mm -hmm. If it got, gets washed out, um, these tend to be shorter, sharper uh, reversals. And again, the way I consider this is, you know, there's no way to, to mitigate, to, to lose all loss. I mean, that's, you hope to build a, a good uh, asset allocation that you can live with. You've got some conservative things. You've got bonds, you've got cash, you've got stocks. You know, you, you try to build an allocation that people can live with. Um, but when that gets oversold and gets really washed out, to me, the, it's a good indication to say, man, do I have a couple hundred thousand laying somewhere that I want to, that it might make sense to put back in the market or something? That, that to me is um, the way to look at that. Yeah. Okay. Well, and so right now it's sort of in the middle of the field. You're not, you're not you know, I, you know, a lot of, uh, I also, I think that right now there's a lot of um, tax loss harvesting going on, you know, at the end of the year, there's a lot of people because of the tax laws changing, they're taking chips off the table. You know, um, there's a lot of that going on right now. Yep. You know, um, yep. NASDAQ's down. Yeah, no, it's been a volatile, you know, we went uh, for a good chunk of this year, it was, uh, pretty boring in a good way. The market just kind of yeah. grind, grinding. Out. It's gotten volatile the last uh, last little while, and so yeah. um, you know, it's the markets are always interesting. If they're boring, they're not boring for long, and there's <laughs> going to be plenty of opportunity. And yeah. um, you know, it's. Uh, but generally speaking, 2021 has been a a good oh, year yeah. for equities, um, and. That continues to be the case as we move into 2022. There's there's plenty of back and forth. There's plenty of chop. There's days where it mm -hmm. you know, looks pretty ugly, but um, that's where we come back to Dolly. I come back to you know that yeah. long term asset class ranking. So um, yep. anyway, just a couple. couple yeah, couple it's thoughts. cool. Um, you know what we got to talk about next uh, time? New Year. New us, you know what I mean? That's what this is. But what we're going to talk about is the importance of using something like either that your advisor helps you with your 401k allocation. We got to talk about that, right? Because looking at your 401k allocation is really important because guess what? It's your 401k is really, really important. Some of us have huge 401ks, right? And a lot of us don't know what we're doing and don't know what. So we, we should talk about that uh, next time he imports right. that. And, uh, and, and, you know, I'm just indexing in general. I'd like to talk a little bit about that. I'll probably forget what I just told you. Move on. I don't know. So maybe you could write that down since it's your show, Andy. Well, we'll, we'll, anyway. Yeah. We'll, All right. Who knows where we'll end up, but it's, it was great to, great to join you. I appreciate the invitation. Yeah, man. Before you go, uh, what's going on for Christmas? What's going on for what's shaking out there? What's going on for the holidays? What, what, the, what, what is the, when is the Andy hire? brood of a wife and five children have going on yeah so we're doing christmas at our house and then we're actually going to get in the car and drive up to idaho uh and spend a week up there we're going to go skiing one day going to do some and i actually just had a they just had a, a pretty good snowstorm so good. hopefully hopefully they'll have some snow on the ground how about yourself what are your uh, what are your plans well, back, before back to you real quick are you how long are you on for a week just a, we're just going to be up there a week yeah okay I need you to come back 
with Andy Hire's best restaurant experience and wherever you are, either to go or I, I need a restaurant out of you and wherever the hell you are in Idaho. I don't know. Is Idaho, is, is that part of the lower United States? Where is that? I don't even know. What the hell? Anyway. I can do that. I, I can do that. I don't know. I, I What am I doing? I, Andy, what do I always do? I, I just, I don't know. At Christmas time, it's great. I don't know. I fall asleep hopefully earlier in the, you know what I mean? I'm getting old. Hopefully I'll be asleep by nine o'clock. That's all I care, you know? No, no, no I can't. Uh, we just got a dog. We might be getting another. So, they, you know, who knows? We're, uh, we at first um, Christmas in it, we, we uh, bought a, bought a home uh, this year. So we're in this house for the first time this, you know, and it's, it's exciting. So we're, That's uh, great. yeah. You got your tree up. We do. Yeah. Nice. All we, right. We did, yeah. We we're, we're ready. So, well, nice. happy holidays to you. And yeah, happy brother. Hey, man. We'll, we'll do this next. Uh, we'll do this in about a month. See what's going. I really appreciate it. Mer happy holidays. Merry Christmas. Enjoy your family. And thank you very much. No, thank you, Trevor. All right. All right take care. All right, bud.